Elated to be back with my co-host Tony DeNicola. Tony, how's it been, buddy? All right. How about them Cowboys? I want to thank the Eagle fans for allowing me to have a career in the NFL. Thank you. I am honored as an undrafted free agent to be selected to make the Cowboys second round draft pick. And on behalf of the now Five-time world champion Dallas Cowboys, Hall of Fame owner Jerry Jones, Gene Jones, and the Jones family, Coach Jason Garrett, and all the Cowboys players who played before me, and played with me, and played after me, with the 60th pick in the second round, the Dallas Cowboys select defensive back from Colorado, Chidobe Owuze. As a Giants fan... I should have hated that, but I got to tell you, I loved every minute of it. Drew Pearson, literally, I know this is old news for a lot of people. We're going to just breeze past the draft here. Um, talk about just our teams and maybe the Bills because, you know, Buffalo. Uh, if but, I didn't bring that speech up, I wouldn't be a Cowboys fan. That was the most – I was watching that live in my hot tub with the TV outside, and I can't tell you how excited I got. I must have just – just from sheer emotion and jumping up and down, spilled half the water out of that hot tub. I was going insane. I was marking out, to use a wrestling term. It was pretty awesome, dude. I was laughing so hard because it was like, I, I for one, I loved it. I was like, I, I just... And uh, I have a new appreciation for the good city of Philadelphia because I was just there this past weekend. Took my daughter to Sesame Place. Um, great city, man. I gotta tell you, Philly, great city. Um... But God, Drew Pearson is so good at what he does, or what he did there. Oh. I was like, why have I never heard this guy talk before? Because that was awesome. I mean, he's the ultimate. He played the ultimate heel, to use another wrestling term. Yeah. I was, it was, he, it was he incredible. Was, he was Rowdy Roddy Piper. He yeah. just he got those fans into a frenzy. And Eagles fans are known for being, like, the biggest smack talkers. The, I mean, dude, we're talking about fans that threw snowballs at Santa Claus, that would throw batteries at players. The best way to go at them is just meet them head on. You, you, you meet that hate and intensity with some of your own, man. Drew Pearson just gets it. Like he yeah. just that that guy needs to be like marketing for something. He, I don't know, man. I, I I loved it. I loved every second of it. Drew Pearson. I you know he played in the seventies and eighties. I'm too young to see him play, but he became one of my favorite players of all time. Oh, my too. And I hate the Cowboys. That was that was incredible. I loved it. I loved every second of it. I thought it was an incredible, dude. I, I was I was stoked. I was like, I there's no team I love getting riled up and, and pissed off more than the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, even more than the Cowboys. I hate the Eagles. The Eagles have been tormenting me for too long, and and it was yep. really good. It was like 
the only time I've ever had a feeling like that against the city is actually, ironically, Philadelphia when Bill Burr just trashed Philadelphia um, on stage in front of them while counting down, while just ripping them to shreds just off the top of his head. It was it was very uh, Bill Burr-esque what Drew Pearson did. I was a huge fan. I love whenever Philly fans just get served because, like, I can respect Giants fans. You guys have a few rings. I can respect Redskins fans. Philly, man, you have an NFL championship from what, like 1957? Like, just, I hate Philly fans that try to argue anything. Like, a Philly fan the other day, a buddy of mine was telling me, oh, you Cowboys fans all live in the past. At least we have a past to live off of. What do you guys have? They have nothing. They have Randall Cunningham and Donovan McNabb. I mean, all right, here's the thing about Philly. Yeah, a guy who threw up in the huddle during the Super Bowl. Right, because he was so out of shape at the end of an NFL season. So I can't imagine how out of shape he was at the beginning of the NFL season. When you have a borderline NFL player calling plays because you're too gassed, and, and a guy like T.O. who's been nothing but trashed his entire career and for being a, a, a douchebag, which, you know, let's give the devil his due. T.O. Was, was a massive douchebag. But when he goes out there with a broken leg and goes for 130 yards against one of the best defensive minds in NFL history's defense, Bill Belichick, and, and you are out of shape and you're throwing up because it's too hot out and you're the you're a professional athlete on the biggest stage on the planet, I don't have a lot of respect for you. Aside on top of the DUIs. Randall Cunningham... I just think he played in the wrong era. I think if he was if he was in the league now, I think he'd be used properly, and I think he'd be winning a lot of games, oh, be yeah. a lot more successful. And Philadelphia also remember that defense you had when you guys had Reggie White, one of the best defenses of all time. And would you guys go ten and six that year? So, uh, oh, and the rest of your division has um, endless Super Bowls. I mean, how many Super Bowls between the Giants, Cowboys, and Redskins? The Redskins, I think, have like two or three. Cowboys have four. What do you guys have? Two. Five? No. Cowboys have five, Giants have four. I want to say the Redskins have two or three. Yeah, that's what I just said. So that make a yeah eleven or twelve total. Oh, okay. And so Eagles, so we're at, Eagles have an NFL title in the in the fifties. Right. So we're going on Super Bowl fifty two, and uh, the other three teams in your division every five or so years are in the Super Bowl, and you guys uh, are excited over a quarterback that got sick in the huddle. You guys made it to a bunch of NFC Championship games, though, man. Hey, second round of the playoffs, Eagles, that's where you live. That is where you live. Yeah. Oh. They sound they sound like me being a Knicks fan, where I'm like, yeah, we, we made the Eastern Conference Finals in the 90s until the Bulls just bent us over and spanked us like a redheaded stepchild. Oh, man. That was uh, – yeah, I, I've never heard of her. So, um, And her yeah. is the Knicks fans. Our, our Knicks fans, jeez, that's me. I'm at the uh, New York Knicks. Um, mm. Boy, let's uh, let's file that joke for uh, never again. All right. Yep. Anyway, I'm rusty. Listen, I'm rusty. I'm like LeBron. Oh, wait. LeBron wasn't rusty. Shoot. All right. Um, also, full disclosure, Tony and I had a little spat over the last episode, hence the delay in episodes. So we we're both right and we we're both wrong. And uh, we kissed and made up, so everything's all gravy now. So we will be doing yep. a show. Um, it's going to be a little sporadic in the summer, but coming NFL season, I promise we will be uh, more um, 
regimented with the with the shows dropping and we are going to shake off some of the rust and we're going to be a predominantly nfl show during these dead times we'll talk a little nba playoffs or some any tony will fill us in on some nhl uh nhl news and uh we'll talk a little baseball you know what i will to- uh, tony i don't know if you've listened to it yet but colin cowherd every sun every saturday does a uh podcast where he just has a one-on-one interview for about 30 minutes with somebody and uh the one that was on this past week was one and i'm sorry i didn't i didn't prep you for this and i didn't tell you about this but i think you would find it interesting so it was uh it was a um i think he was the the ops the uh the head of ops at fox sports like he does michael mole molehill thank you yeah so sports executive vp i'm downloading it okay yeah please listen to it because he will change your opinion on how well baseball is doing. He said, other than the NFL, that baseball, because of the regional sports contracts, actually are probably the healthiest uh, TV product in sports outside of the NFL, of course. Um, and uh, I would say give it a listen to all the uh, everybody listening to this because it's really interesting because you get kind of a peek behind the curtain of how just the NFL does business and how Fox does business and what they focus on compared to what ESPN focuses on. I mean, they're never going to take down ESPN, that juggernaut, but it is really interesting to listen to. To how ESPN is losing customers and what they're doing to combat it, and it really, it really seems like ESPN not necessarily dying, but boy, their role is being slowed. In in the face of Sports Center, I mean, what we know of it, I don't think will exist. I really don't think will exist. I mean, this is just my own personal opinion based on nothing other than what I've read about it, and 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 I just think it's going to be gone. And it's it's a weird thing. It's it's a really weird yeah. thing. I mean, well, I mean, with the with the invention, well, not invention, but the popularization of social media. I mean, ESPN Sports Center was great to get like your clips, yeah, like all your highlight reels of the day. Now it's instantaneous. I see replays on Twitter. You see it posted to Facebook. There's really no reason to go there. See, you know what? And it's just they're so centric on certain things, like LeBron or Tebow, like. I think it turns a lot of, like, you know, good fans off. Like, we're just we're sick of it. It's just so repetitive at times. They cover the same, like, three topics every every sports center. I honestly, dude, I we grew up on sports center, both of us. We're 90s kids. I loved it back in the day. But I honestly cannot tell you how many years it's been since I sat down and watched sports center. I'll have it out of that. I'll watch a ton of ESPN programming, NFL Live, NFL Insiders, but I won't watch sports center. I love Around the Horn, PTI, but I won't bother with sports center. No, because opinion shows are taking over. And you know what's you know what you know what I haven't heard anybody say yet, so this probably means I'm off base, but it's just sort of a theory I've always had, at least since this has been an issue, is that I think ESPN sort of shot themselves in the foot because they are essentially the reason that that sports on your phone exists because of the ESPN phone. I don't know if you remember that from about ten years ago, they oh, tried yeah. to have their own cell phone service or whatever. But that sort yep. of changed the landscape of uh, of getting your sports information. And I think by inventing that I mean, that technology is looked at as a major flop, but it really did change the way we, we look at sports highlights and sports scores and, and, and clips and whatnot. And the I think that they sort of inadvertently shot themselves in the foot with with that with that invention. I mean, Ill, as ill-advised and ill-fated as it is, and probably a little bit ahead of its time and, and all the issues it had, I ultimately think it was the death of SportsCenter, at least the beginning of it. Yeah. No, I could see that for sure. I remember working at Best Buy at the time, and they were selling those phones. And, you know, I didn't make enough money hourly there to actually buy one, but I was saving up and looking forward to it, and then they pulled the plug on it. 
Yeah, same here. I really wanted one, but I was uh, I was in the army and I was getting ready to deploy. and didn't really want to get out of my Verizon contract in order to uh, jump into the uh, ESPN phone contract because I think I would have had to pay quite a bit of money to get out of my Verizon deal. But um, yeah, but that aside, it, it's sort of interesting. ESPN is opinion shows are fun. I, I'm not a Stephen A. Smith guy, man. I, I just am not. No, I like PTI. God, no. I think Wilbon and Kornheiser, I, I, they're really the gold standard, in my opinion, anyway, for opinion shows. I think they do a great job. They get in and out of topic. They, and the fact that that show's been around since, what, 2003 is actually kind of amazing yeah. because this is a instantaneous sort of generation. They're in and out of topics in you know 30 seconds or a minute, which is kind of awesome for this generation. And I think that's why that show has such sticking power, and that's why I also think it's so wild. Watchable. Um, but, but yeah, man, I, I, it's interesting to see, I guess, how that shifts and like how even consume sports is going to be interesting in the future, too. Because, you know, games last year were streamed on Twitter. Well, this year it's Amazon. Amazon also had that really good show. And if you haven't seen it, I would definitely check it out about the 2015 Cardinals called All or Nothing. It's essentially a, a whole NFL season of hard knocks. And, it, and it's really interesting. You can see how the Cardinals really wanted to draft Amir Abdullah, but they didn't get him. So in the next round, they got David Johnson. And it's just a kind of a microcosm of how teams are just absolutely lucky in drafts. If they would have drafted Amir Abdullah, somebody else would have got the best running back in the league right now. Kind of amazing. Yeah, and Amazon's a juggernaut. I mean, they, they're trying to take over the world with everything, with their shipping and just look at how they're putting uh, big box stores out of business with like their next day shipping with Amazon Prime. Do you see Walmart? Like, Walmart's copying that. Walmart has now now has two day shipping. God, I hate Walmart. I, I boycott Walmart. I, I've watched so many documentaries on them and how they ruin the American economy. It's ridiculous. There's a bunch of them on Netflix. Like, if you're ever interested in it, people should just go check it out. It's it's so bad what they do to their employees and the areas where they have stores. Like they, they claim to be American. They're the, they're the most un-American thing that there is. You're better off buying from Japan than Walmart. No, I 100% agree. Um, if I remember this correct, Chapel Hill successfully lobbied to keep Walmart out of their area. I'm actually pulling up the article now. Oh, there is one in Ooh. Chapel Hill. Excuse me. Um, I know that they yeah, are... A lot of places fight it. They don't. It yeah. Just, they can't overtake it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is when I lived there. Uh, they submitted plans to build a uh, near Chapel Hill. Um, sorry. Uh, just trying to see. I was pretty sure that they successfully lobbied to keep it out of there, um, but I guess not. I guess they they might have beforehand. I would have to look at that. But, but yeah, um, nah, they're just ridiculous. They come in, they shut out everybody, and they just... It's so ridiculous because their purchasing power is just out of this world, and they're just constantly popping up all over the place. I mean, they've built two near me in the last, yeah. you know, I've been back in Buffalo since 2012, and they've built two in that time, like, you know, both within 10 minutes of me, so. Yeah, and I just depressing. hate the clientele that it draws in. Like, I try not to be judgmental about it, but, you know, with our job, I, at times I deliver to quite a few Walmarts to, uh, you know, quench their thirst, if you will. Yeah. But it, it's just the people you see in there. One in the afternoon, and you're in your pajamas and wearing a, a Looney Tune t-shirt. Like, get a freaking job, man. <laughs> like, it's embarrassing. You just described almost all of Elmire, with the exception of a few people. Um, yeah, you just described yeah, I think I also described the Elmire. New York State Fair on a, on a weekday. <laughs> you would know more about that than the rest of us, because uh, you yeah. live right... I'll get you out here. You'll there. see it firsthand. 
If you want the ultimate people watching, oh, God. All, right, all right, here's what I do. I go to the New York State Fair. I had I had immediately for the dinosaur barbecue stand, you know, get myself some ribs, some barbecue baked beans, maybe some mashed potatoes, grab my giant plate of food, I head over to the, uh, they have like a nice little brick wall, like landing area, pop a squat right there with my buddies, and we just watch people walk around and just... Just the interactions they have, man. And the people you see, it's amazing. My little brother once found a child, an obese kid with a mullet, missing teeth, on a motorized scooter. Like an 11-year-old kid. See, I think... That I'm, is the epitome of the New York State Fair. That, it, that is the king of the New York State Fair. If you're listening to this and say you live in, like, Nebraska or... Uh, Iowa, somewhere in one of those flyover states that you would think, man, New York, those people, they are not hicks. No, no, no. Yeah. Everybody outside of New York City and, you know, parts of Buffalo, parts of Syracuse, parts of Rochester, Albany, meh. Boy, this whole state is might as well be Kentucky. Kentucky with the worst weather because... Dear, and no, no disrespect to my buddy Jones, who's uh, from Kentucky in his town, Brandenburg. Um, I hope I got that right, is uh, one of the more interesting places I've ever been. Their AM radio, they have a fishing show on one of their AM radio stations there, local fishing show show where like they'll they'll let you know where like the good oh, watering God. holes are. It's it was fat it was so compelling though. That's the thing. I wish I knew the name of it. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say it sounds like it would cure insomnia to me. Oh my god. But um works. but I digress. You know what we gotta do sometime with these dead months of like June when the NFL is really slow? We should just do a fantasy draft of like the most white trash towns in in New York. Like I'm talking like Ooh. Lockport, Elmira Utica, parts of Syracuse. Like, yeah. let's just go completely white trash and like let's just have our fantasy draft. We'll pick like each of our top five ta- top five towns. So if this is the 2003 draft, Elmira is the LeBron James, Utica is the Dwayne Wade. Uh, Utica's up Utica there. Utica is up Ma- there. Math. But there's a lot of meth going on. A lot of meth. Things, oh my a lot god! Of tunes pajamas at two in the afternoon. Oh, and a lot of like wet hair, like you just stuck it under a faucet. Um, Utica's a contender, man. Oh, they're man. that they're, they're that kid before the one and done rule. They're like LeBron coming out of high school at 18. Yeah. You think he could play in the league? One of my favorite human beings on the planet is from Utica, and uh, she's an absolute delight. She's very she's beautiful. I I love her. She's she's one of the sweetest human beings on the planet. She's from Utica, and uh, I I, I mean, get out I, get out now. I, yeah, <laughs> you do need that. Get out before someone gets you pregnant. Yeah, you Just do get need out now. you do need the dude from Get Out who got his picture taken screaming at her to get out um oh man sorry brit you know, oh, you, utica. you have brit it's not your but fault. we have utica greens it's disgusting shut up oh, oh man um yeah utica you know who else is from there you remember that show um i love new york that was that chick new york her name was literally new york yeah. she's from utica she wasn't from the city she is from utica um Boy, That's Elmira's up there. You know what sucks, though, is that Elmira literally, and this is very, very uh, rural New York hot talk, but, um, boy, Elmira, outside of Elmira, Binghamton, Endicott, where John's Jones and Chandler Jones and Arthur Jones are all from, Endicott's tough. I mean, that whole stretch from Elmira yeah. to Elmira to Binghamton I, is pretty brutal. i down to Endicott. You, you see some stuff. But you go up north to Watkins Glen, basically the drive to from Elmira to Syracuse. You see these these beautiful sprawling vineyards, all these really good wine places. There's there's it, it's just it's beautiful up there. Wine country like like yep. like Geneva, the Finger Lake region, gorgeous. Oh, Finger Lakes, yeah, where I've delivered out there. And then there's 
that's just like the southern part of the Finger Lakes. Yeah. And then you get more up north to like Seneca Falls and Waterloo, and you're just like, oh, dear God. Yeah. Yeah, go to a trailer park in Seneca Falls. See how much fun oh, that is. It's God. like the, the, hill ha- the hills have eyes. <laughs> um, all right, let's 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 actually talk about something that anybody outside of us cares about. So, um, yeah, before we trash every other rural town in western and central New York. It's sad. It is sad. Yeah. So, um, screw them. All right, a uh, couple things we'll just we'll just fly through. Odell Beckham was a no-show day one of the voluntary OTAs. The fact that this makes news is upsetting, but it doesn't really matter because he trains on his own and he's going to come into the uh, come into the season and he's going to have 100 catches. And he's going to yeah. sign a massive contract. It's a non-story. Yeah. Aaron Donald. Is there any question that he's going to come out week one and torch my Cowboys for 10 catches, 125 yards, two touchdowns, and yet still lose? <laughs> it sounds like Tony can see the future. It's uh, probably exactly what's going to happen. Um, he can have all the yards he wants as long as we get the victory. I don't care. Uh, he was the reason we beat you twice. Without him, man, you, you go 15 to 1 last yeah. year. Um, that that five yard slant he took to the house, oh. dear God. So, another quick, uh, we'll just do some quick hitters. So, I'll just basically say the thing and I want to just get your opinion. Rams defensive right. tackle Aaron Donald is skipping OTAs due to a contract dispute. It's voluntary. That. Yeah, it's the only leverage you have. Like, I don't blame them. NFL is not for long, man. Get your money while you can. I 100% agree. Uh, it says, Aaron Donald wants, this is from um, Steve Weish on Twitter. Donald wants his extension now. However, the team is, um, oh, I'm sorry. The team is uh, working on it. The best three technique in football. Donald's likely to become the NFL's highest paid defensive player whenever he puts pen to paper. Aaron Donald has been the best player in football since uh, he got into the league. Uh, yeah, haven't the Rams seen enough talent walk out the door as is? Like, just give the man his money. Yeah, um, and to quote the uh, the great John Malkovich from the movie Rounders, pay that man his money. It's a terrible impression. Um, yeah, you got to work on that one. Uh, I, just, I, just, I just came to my head. Um, so what else? Oh, Darrell Revis has been cleared, uh, by the NFL finally. And, um, you know, he's free to Which not be able to sign with anybody. To me. He was, he, I mean, the, the charges against him were dropped, but the charges that were out there were pretty serious. Okay. Here's the actual quote. Kind of makes hold me on. wonder if someone got paid off. Yeah. Hold on. Pay him. Pay that man his money. I don't know how well that played on the uh, on the uh, on the podcast, but I heard uh, it pretty well. Okay, good. Um, that's I what... love John Malkovich <laughs> when he was on SNL reading stories to those kids, the Christmas stories. Man, that was one of my favorite SNL scenes. Oh, I haven't seen that, so I gotta I gotta check that out. I like oh YouTube it. It's really funny. Oh man, I love John Malkovich in uh, Con Air, where his name's Cyrus the Virus Grissom, and he does that thing he... with guys covered in gasoline. He flicks a cigarette in slow motion, and the guy just bursts into flames. So I yeah, I just love it though. He's reading the Christmas stories and he's questioning the intentions of like every character to the children. He's like, "Well, why would they do that? That makes no sense." Oh, I gotta watch that because I used to love his Siri, his uh, iPhone commercials with Siri, where he's basically hitting on Siri and like it was weird. It was like her and Siri were dating. Turned into that movie. Yeah. Her. All right. Anyway, so Aaron Donald, um, yeah, pay him. Uh, Darrell Revis yep. been cleared. Um, sorry, go on about what you were saying before I interrupted you with my John Malkovich quote. Oh no! I just I remember the the allegations and the like the testimony from witnesses was pretty serious. So it kind of makes me wonder if someone got paid off. 
I don't know if necessarily somebody got paid off. I mean, maybe it doesn't look that way. It just looks like the charges were dropped. And the NFL dropped their investigation as well. It looks like yeah. it looks like it was made to be bigger than it was. I mean, he was getting harassed, and I think a lot of it might have just been self defense. Um, I mean, the guy's overpaid. Was below average last year. He's over the hill. I mean, he's not willing to play yeah. play safety. I think he might have changed his stance on that, if I remember. But I know he wasn't. Yeah. And. Uh, what do the Patriots do better than any other team? They let a player go too early rather than too late. And uh, yeah. they avoided that headache. They're the, they're the kings. Of, the fact that people still question their motives and like what they do as far as player personnel. Like If any team has ever built up equity and a great track record, it's the Patriots. Like, yep. Don't question them. Don't, don't question the hoodie. Yep. So, uh, quick other one. Oh, and while, while, wait, hang on. While we're on the topic of the Patriots, let's talk quick about Tom Brady and this Madden curse. And how I'm sick of all these haters with like, oh, I hope the curse is real. I hope Brady breaks his leg. I'm, you have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I want to see the guy play. Like, what happened to the old school mentality of I want my team to be the best and to beat the best player and the best team? I don't want to see the Patriots or Garoppolo as the starting quarterback, at least not yet. I want to see Tom Brady and the defending Super Bowl champion Patriots take on everybody in the NFL. If you want to be better than them, beat them with their best player. None of this, oh, let's hope he gets hurt and he's out so we have a chance to actually win bull crap. I 1,000% agree with all that. And, um, hey, If there's ever sell. a guy to break the Madden curse, it's Tom Brady. Well, Odell Beckham broke it, too. So, yeah. But, um, yeah. but uh, hey, Giselle, shut up. Keep your mouth shut. Yeah, listen. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a great quote in Goodfellas, which is, never rat on your friends and always keep your mouth shut. Giselle should watch yep. that movie a couple times because uh, yeah. she just opened up a new can of worms in Brady's uh, offseason that he probably didn't need. So, speaking of yeah. quarterbacks. Because contract... we didn't deal with enough crap with him last year with the suspension. Oh, now we got to deal with this, oh, he was concussed but didn't report it, bull crap. Yeah, Drew Brees just said. another he... witch hunt. Yeah, Drew Brees said he would never tell his wife if he had a concussion or not. He would never tell her because he wouldn't want to worry her. And that's my, uh, yeah. although I think she's right. I think she, he probably did have concussions that went undiagnosed, but all players do. Yeah, I wouldn't tell my significant other if I had one right now. No. Uh, all right, contract year quarterback Derek Carr's confident extension will be in place by training camp. This is from Pro Football Talk on NBC Sports' Mike Silver. He, or Sorry, NFL Network's Mike Silver reported last week that Carr had grown frustration with the slow pace of his contract talks. Um, you Oakland quoted Raiders. a movie earlier. Yeah. I'm going to quote one now. Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. and Jerry Maguire. Show me the money! Pay that man. Pay him. Franchise quarterback, pay him whatever he wants. Just get it done. Uh, yeah, and um, same thing with uh, with the Patri- or excuse me, with the Redskins. Pay Kirk oh, Cousins geez. already, would you? Jeez, Bruce Allen, what are you doing? Pay Kirk Cousins. I had to say it Kirk. slow because clearly the good folks in Washington are dumb. Pay dumb, him. deaf, blind. No, oh, he'll get paid by San Francisco. Oh, I was going to say the same thing. That. I wonder I wonder if they already have his jersey made. All right. And um, last but not least, we're going around the NFL a little bit. The NFL has yet to close their investigation on the sexual assault allegations by, from Ezekiel Elliott. Tony, what's uh, going on, buddy? Why are they investigating so hard? I don't know, man. Figure it out already. This is the law. Oh, this is one of the longest investigations I've ever seen. Like, what is the NFL and their witch hunts? Like, Joe Mixon got drafted, 
clearly knocked out a chick on film, but you're more you're more preoccupied with investigating Ezekiel Elliott for something he may have done or didn't do, or I don't know what's going on. That's a weird Ridiculous. one because I'm, I seem to recall at the time that all these allegations were actually disputed by her friends, and his friends said it didn't happen. That a lot of yeah, excuse me, the marks and bruises came from a bar fight from a couple days prior. So I don't know why the NFL is still keeping this open, but this yeah, is according I mean, to ten months have gone by. You've interviewed yeah. everybody that was there, everybody around the situation. What new evidence can come up at this point? And the people that investigate things for a living, the Columbus City prosecutors, didn't charge any... There was no charges filed because there yeah. was nothing to go off of. They were based on nothing. Now, I'm not saying he didn't do it, but I'm saying if you're investigating it and from a legal perspective, you can't prove it. It's almost like it didn't happen. You know? It, oh, it's yeah. It's kind of I like... Mean, where there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, we talked about him at the sure. St. Paddy's parade pulling the chick's top down. I wanted him suspended right. a game for that by the team. But it's like, right. like you said, if you can't find anything, like you have to drop it at some point. Right. Or with my luck, the Cowboys get in the playoffs, and they'll be like, okay, he's suspended for the divisional round. Like they'll they'll come to their conclusion then. Yeah, it that would be absurd if they did that. But um, but yeah. yeah, here's the thing: like that's how the criminal justice system works. Unfortunately, like unfortunately for the family of Odin Lloyd, Aaron Hernandez was in appeals, and uh, so it's like it never happened. And Guilty or not, he was clearly Aaron Hernandez overwhelmingly guilty at the in the old Lloyd trial. Um, uh, excuse me, the old Lloyd trial, overwhelmingly guilty. And and right here, Ezekiel Elliott very well could have you know could have beat his girlfriend up. But if you haven't found anything in this amount of time, why are you still investigating it? It makes me yeah. just curious as to what the NFL knows um, that we don't. Why are they still doing yeah. it? Why do they feel it's necessary? Maybe. They closed their Darrell Revis, uh, their Darrell Reeves investigation, so I just can't figure out why they haven't closed the Ezekiel Elliott one yet. Yeah, it makes me wonder why they're so preoccupied with certain things and then not others. It's like Roger Goodell, like so upset about you know players possibly using marijuana, oh, and weed, God. saying that's such such a danger to the players. Meanwhile, you pump these guys full of prescription painkillers so that they're addicted, you know, throughout the rest of their lives. And it just ruins our quality of life. Like, dude, get over yourself. Yeah, like, that I, that along with the if fact a guy, that, oh, go ahead. if a guy who's straight edge, who doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, I feel weird about taking aspirin for God's sakes. And if I say weed isn't that bad, legalize it. Like, wh- what's your qualm against it? Like, it's just it's maddening to me. Like it, the 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 health benefits have been proven to just to help people through immense pain. Like. But you're going to pump these guys full of prescription drugs, which are far more worse and far more addictive. But I I don't know, man. It's frustrating to think about. See, my theory on this has been that the NFL has to be in bed with some kind of pharmaceutical company. It's the only thing that makes oh. sense. Because why else would they allow it? I mean, there, it was like, oh, he, he says, okay, I know the risks of, of marijuana, and I do realize that it serves some medicinal purposes. I mean, he said something along those lines, right? But what medicinal purposes does... You know, Percocet provide, Vicodin, any of that stuff. I don't understand. It's terrible for your liver. It's absolutely addictive. It's way more dangerous on a human being than marijuana is. You can't drive when when you do either. So, you know, let's just say they cancel each other out. There's, there's, 
I mean, marijuana is not a wonder drug. All right, let's be honest here. It is a drug. Unfortunately, it is illegal in most states. I get it. All right, it is a drug. It does impair you, you know, but at the same time, it's not. It's not Percocet. It's not Vicodin. People don't take handfuls yeah. of weed and die. You know, it, yeah. that's the I've difference. never seen someone smoke pot and hallucinate and just lose their lose their crap or beat the crap out of somebody. But I've seen people on prescription pills do it. Right. It's like it's almost like Roger Goodell watched the movie Reefer Madness from the 30s. Um <laughs> And then just decided that's exactly what marijuana does. Or he read William Randolph Hearst's articles that he put out that African Americans were raping white women while high on marijuana and got them Schedule one It's just, it's one of those things, man. If you look into why marijuana is even illegal in this country, it's perplexing. I mean, this guy, William Randolph Hearst, owned a whole bunch of newspapers, owned a bunch of paper mills, and, and, they were switching. There's a big push to switch to hemp paper, and he didn't want to lose all his paper mills. So what he did is he started planting stories in his newspapers that he owned that that was what was going on. The African Americans were raping white women while high on marijuana, and people were like, "Oh, we can't have this." So this, yep. and 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 the government they they successfully lobbied to have it made illegal, and he didn't lose it his. It all paper comes mills. down to money. Absolutely, man. it does. The pharmaceuticals is a multi billion dollar industry. The markup on it is insane, and they just. They grease lobbyist hands. It, it's plain and simple. It's so corrupt. And who? What, and what Goodell group? apparently is having his palms greased as well. And and what what group of people? What group of fifteen hundred people go through more go through more meta or excuse me go through more opioids than than NFL players? Yeah. I mean, what what group of fifteen hundred people? There's nobody, and there's there has to be no other group that goes through prescription painkillers like like NFL players do, and unfortunately, rightfully so, because that's such a physical sport. I mean, it, it's maybe like a terminally ill cancer center, but like we're talking yeah, about like maybe healthy athletes. That's all morphine. Like that's like you know, it's it's yeah. nothing like the NFL. I mean. I remember an interview on Adam Carolla's podcast with a woman. I forget her name. She was a model. She was married to former NFL fullback and Mr. Irrelevant Jim Finn, who played fullback at Penn State. She said she would watch him grab handfuls of painkillers, handfuls, and just put them in his mouth. That was He would grab handfuls. Like, he couldn't get out of bed. It's like... Popping Tic Tacs. Right. Overall, he would turn out to be an a-hole, and, you know, they had a lot of issues, and she wanted in depth on that. But he was, she was saying, and she yeah. was like, that was Jim Finn. Jim Finn played, like, 20 snaps a game. He wasn't exactly, like, you know, he wasn't taking hits like Adrian Peterson. He wasn't he wasn't in the trenches like, you know, you know, name your guard, Max Unger. You know, he wasn't he wasn't going through the the stuff that Andrew Whitworth is, the, le- the, the really good left tackle to play for the Bengals for all those years. He wasn't going through that stuff. He wasn't getting hit like Brady and Aaron Rodgers. You know, he was just a fullback. He was a fullback that played 20 snaps a game that was the lead blocker for Tiki Barber for a couple of years. That's all he was. And if he was taking opiates like that, I can't even imagine what somebody like, you know, Terrell Suggs must feel when he wakes up in the morning. Guy's been in the league for 13 years, you know, with multiple yeah. injuries. I couldn't imagine. That's terrifying, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, all right, let's go to some happier news, Tony. And, um,. Let's all laugh at the notion that Reggie Bush still wants to play football in the NFL because he hasn't rushed for over 300 <laughs> yards since 2013. And he still thinks he has a lot left in the tank and still has something to prove. Oh, yeah. I think the only thing he's trying to prove is that he can still get a contract in the NFL, which is absolutely amazing. 
Yeah, because there's such a big market for over-the-hill 30-plus running backs in the NFL, considering we just have one of the deepest running back class in the draft in, you know, maybe five or six years. Can we all just admit yeah, that just Reggie Bush was a video game-like player in college and just never translated to the NFL? Just never did. Yeah. Number two overall yeah, pick. I, mean, I wouldn't call him a bust because he, you know, he, he did help. No, he had a few great, great yeah, years. Yeah, I mean, New or- he helped New Orleans win a Super Bowl. Um but I mean, not hasn't really D rushed for a couple one thousand yard seasons in Miami, and that was really about it. I mean, he fell, yeah. hurt himself in San Francisco, sued the St. Louis Rams Stadium for uh, for whatever that track was, blew his leg out, played for Buffalo. <laughs> that carpet over concrete. <laughs> yeah, he had like twelve carries for negative three yards in Buffalo. I mean, he was useless, and yeah, I just don't. I, I, he, that's a perplexing one, man. I, that's a perplexing one. Reggie Bush will go down yeah. as uh, one of the weirder careers in NFL history. I think about a year ago, I think on Dan Patrick's show, he was saying that he didn't predict his NFL career would go the way that it did. He thought he'd be breaking records at this point in his career, not barely hanging on. So uh, that's kind of interesting. Also, yeah, uh, you want to read something a little more disturbing around Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush also, uh, I want to say, was recorded by a woman trying to convince her to have an abortion of uh, oh, yep, of, yep. Of, of I remember that story. Yeah, one of his of a uh, of a woman that was his jump off, and she decided to keep the kid. Guys, if uh, you get a woman pregnant, go ahead and try to avoid that conversation unless she brings it up. You know, because you don't really want to yeah. have a kid and just have him out there and uh, be like, oh. Dad wanted me aborted. Nah, not a good look. <laughs> not a good look. Um, oh, it sounds like an Easter dinner at my mom's house. <laughs> that's wow. That's really depressing, actually. Um, yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah. It makes for fun discussion with the family. Yeah, it definitely does. You know, you know what? Like whatever you're into, pro life, pro choice. You know who's the ultimate pro life football player? Take take a wild guess. Travis Henry. Anto- oh, Antonio Cromartie. Ah, that- uh, oh. Cromartie just had his 14th child. Third after a vasectomy. He had twins, and now he's having a third one after a vasectomy. Man. The man has super sperm, dude. I Like, that guy is... If he was a horse, he would just be a stud. Oh, like, yeah. Just out to pasture, just breeding like a maniac. That's ridiculous, man. 14 kids. He's had six with the same woman right now, though. But... You know what's funny about that whole thing with the Jets? What are his talking child about his... support payments like? Like, what? what is that like? Oh, yeah. I... That budget he must have. It's he insane. He can't have any money left. He can't. No. He was a great, don't they, great player in his don't day. Don't they do it as, like, they calculate as, like, a ratio of what you're currently making? Yeah, something like that. I, I, it depends on state, I think, because I, I, I remember the Gilbert Arenas thing. Um Either way, say bare minimum, you give a hundred dollars to each kid. Fourteen children. That's fourteen hundred bucks a month. Boy, that's that's, a... that's like sixteen. That's like sixteen thousand five hundred dollars a year. Mm. And I know it's way more than a hundred bucks a kid, especially with his salary. Yeah, uh, it'd be really interesting to know. I guess what kind of money he makes now. If any, yeah, um, I think an average person like a Joe Schmo, like you or me, would it be like three or four hundred bucks a month? Yeah, it'd be something like that. I think I don't know what the, I don't know how it works, and hopefully I never do. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, so but, you're looking at average Joe Schmo for like you or me, it'd be maybe like let, we'll just say like five grand a year. So he's got fourteen kids. Oh my god! So that's seventy grand a year, but then multiply it by the fact that he's a multimillionaire. 
Right. I think I think I read something like Puff Daddy was paying some insane amount, like three hundred grand a month or whatever, in child support for his kids. Ooh, because I think it's Jesus. a it's a it's a lifestyle that that that's been made a custom or something like that. So yeah. they have to that's maintain that argue, lifestyle. Yeah. yeah, something like that. I think Mary J. Blige's husband just sued her for stu- something like that, like the lifestyle he was accustomed to or whatever, and he's getting insane alimony payments from her. So if, I think if we're being generous with fourteen kids. Six hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, and that's oh, being generous. Maybe? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you one hundred percent. Maybe toward a million a year. Man, God, you know what's that's funny insane. Is that the majority of his kids were uh, at least his first handful were all born in 06 which is his best season. Isn't that funny? You know what I'd love to see one day is Antonio Cromartie at like Target, and he's got a bunch of stuff, and he's applying for WIC. Oh, if he's just getting like a bunch of Life cereal and like that that weird cheese that yeah. comes on the block. Yeah. The generic milk, the juicy juice stuff. Oh, juicy juice is delicious. Bread. Juicy juice comes out of the faucet in Elmire, man. I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> so good, though. It probably, come, it probably comes out when women are breastfeeding down there, too. Oh, my God, dude. They, well, you get the can, and uh, you put the holes in the can. To, oh, my God, dude. I think I might go grab some juicy juice after this show. <laughs> so good. Juicy juice is so good. <laughs> Oh my god! You can take the Kegel out of the white trash town. You can't, <laughs> you can't take the white trash tr- town out of the Kegel. <laughs> it's very true. Juicy juice is so delicious. I'm about to go get a can oh of it later. Um, but uh, but yeah. Oh god, so good. Um, oh, we need them as a sponsor for sure. <laughs> no, I'm about to do a commercial for Juicy Juice for free. Um, yeah. Let's see here. Uh, oh, I love these NFL Top 100 things. By the way, I just got an update. Janoris Jenkins. Uh, 54th in the NFL Top 100. That's good. Um, All right. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that means. Sure. The NFL Top 100 where they have players vault. I should have been at least 45th. Damn oh, it. I, yeah, I know. I love that. I love when players get upset about like where they're... Dante Whitner takes this so personal every year. It's like, hey, Dante Whitner, you're not that good. You blew, you yeah. blew coverage in the San Francisco... Excuse me, uh, Seattle NFC Championship game. They could have got San Francisco back to uh, the Super Bowl. So uh, you blew it, bud. Did he try to legally change his last name to Hitner? Yeah, and he couldn't because Nike had already printed a ton of jerseys. So uh, he would have had to pay for whatever they they, uh, printed already. So, yeah. Paul George ran into that. He tried to change his number to 13. He actually had to wait a year and do it at a certain time so he could. So, so he could be PG thirteen. Yeah. I forget what his number was before, but it's thirteen now. So, all yeah. right. Um, awesome. What else did you want to talk about before we get going? Uh, let's talk a little bit about the draft winners and losers. Oh, okay. I, um, go ahead. I think there's a clear, clear loser. I don't think anyone could argue at this point. Who's the loser? Oh, it's got to be the Bears. Yeah, unless Mitch Trubisky hits and then it's not. But, I mean, it's almost silly to look at drafts at this point and try to decide who's a winner and loser. I mean, who's? it would yeah. probably be a better conversation to say whose draft did you like the best. Um, well, I mean, well, I hated Chicago. So I hated Chicago. Sure, okay, that, that's fair. That's very fair. Way to set him up for failure. No offensive line to protect him. No defense to help him out. No offensive weapons to speak of. You have Mitch Trubisky. And then you gave up, th- you know, three whole picks to move up one spot to get him. 
Yeah, well, like, their San running Francisco back's made pretty out, good. Like, bandits in that. Yeah, Jordan Howard's pretty good. Their running back, he's he's good. But yeah, San Francisco thought they were going to take Solomon Thomas, and then they got their guy moved back a spot. And also got a first round pick next year, which is going to be a high pick considering that uh, Chicago's probably going to be two and fourteen, best case scenario next year. I mean, I think they overtook the Browns as the worst team in the NFL, and that's fine if you're rebuilding. But they don't even have a plan. Like John Fox didn't even know that yeah. that Trubisky was getting drafted. Like, how don't you tell your head coach? I don't. I don't. Yeah. Get it. Well, you, you, this is what uh, I, this article came out today. Uh, Bears general manager Ryan Pace, when asked about Trubisky, said that he was uh, very impressed with his reservation skills. I guess they went out to meet uh, Trubisky in uh, March. You know, have a little sit down with him, and uh, they left it up to Trubisky to make the reservations. Which Mitch Trubisky made reservations. You know, at a nice uh, steakhouse in town. Uh-huh. Which, uh, if you're, I don't know, over the age of 12 and know how to use a cell phone and Google, you can make a freaking reservation to a restaurant. That's what impressed you about this guy? See, it seems Chicago, to me are like you kidding me? people read too many of those leadership books, and I think they get caught up on, like, one aspect of them. That's what it sounds like. I, yeah. Chicago just, to me, seems so aimless. Like, they... They just don't seem to have a plan where San Francisco has a plan. Like, Buffalo Buffalo actually finally has a plan. Like, actually yeah. sort of like what Buffalo's doing, um, you know, minus the fact that they still won't commit to Tyrod. But you know what? I like it, though, because they signed they signed um, uh, Pierman or whatever from Pitt uh, to come in Who and sort of— played in a pro-style offense. Right, right, very, right. Very, very rare for a college It'll be interesting to see how the competition with him and Tyrod goes this summer because they, they're claiming it's an open competition, and I don't think Cardale Jones is going to win it, but that, again, it wouldn't surprise me either. No. But I actually like what they're doing. That Now, McDermott's getting a lot of his guys in there. They brought in—I um, almost said Billy Bean—Brandon uh, Beam from, from uh, Carolina— their assistant GM and uh, been with the Panthers for 19 years, so he knows McDermott really well. And the reason I'm a fan of McDermott because I love coaches off the Andy Reid coaching tree. Uh, they they do well, which is actually the bigger tree is the Holmgren coaching tree, which has produced John Gruden and uh, and Andy Reid too, amongst others. Yeah. So, uh, but when you're the Buffalo Bills, you haven't had a franchise quarterback since Jim Kelly retired, right? I would I would stock the roster of quarterbacks. Yeah. You know, I mean don't reach for reach, don't reach for any of them, but take as many shots as you can. But Develop I think that's, a couple. Right. Just see where it leads, you know. And that's why I like I, that's why I actually like why I like where they got Pyramid. And I know a lot of people have been skeptical to sort of jump teams to the Browns taking Kaiser, but you took them in the second round. What's the risk? There's not really that no, much of that a risk. No, that was smart though. I thought so too. That was their that was their fourth pick. Their fourth draft pick. They right. took Kaiser in the second round. For right. a guy who was projected as a first-round talent, they got him in the second. That was a steal. Yeah. And now, too, he's not your number one overall pick. There is no pressure on him to perform. None. Unlike Mitch Trubisky in Chicago, where all the pressure in the world is on him now. He needs to save the franchise. Right. 100% agreed. Um, now, the, Dude, it's crazy. Dude, I, I just got to go back quick to more of the Mitch Trubisky crap. Sure. So he booked this reservation. You know what the cherry on top was about the reservation? He made the reservation for James McMahon. If you people don't know why that's relevant, you know, Jim the McMahon, last yeah. franchise quarterback the Bears had was Jim McMahon. And the quote, that told me he was prepared, that he did his homework, offensive coordinator Dowell Logan said. You knew this moment wasn't too big for him. He was still having fun with it. It's a freaking dinner reservation. How much more can you make out of something so simple and stupid? 
Like I said, a preteen can make a dinner reservation. Very true. You, there, there's freaking apps on a smartphone now to make a reservation. Are you kidding me? This is what sold you on this guy and you didn't even tell your head coach? Chicago, man, like, they have no plan whatsoever to speak of. Uh, hey, Buffalo, this is actually good that Tony's now di- redirected his uh, his hatred for a team yeah. away from you. Well, I, and I, the I Chicago- loved Buffalo's draft. Loved it. Yeah, I love this Tredavious White. I mean, he was the valedictorian of his high school, and uh, he's a four-year starter in an F. I think he was an academic All-American at LSU. Just, just a stand-up dude, and it seems to be excited to be in Buffalo, which is uh, something Bills fans love hearing because Buffalo sucks. Um, but uh, that being said, all right, what are some other teams' drafts that you like? You know what? I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't think you brought it up too. Maybe you did, but the fact that they got that first-round pick from Kansas City. Oh, Genius. yeah, yeah, yeah. They traded for... They have uh, two first-round picks next year. Yeah. When you have two stud quarterbacks coming out, Buffalo has the flexibility to move up. Let's say Tyrod doesn't work out. Let's say the kid from Pittsburgh doesn't work out. Chandler Jones doesn't work out. Move up and get your franchise quarterback. You have the option now. And especially, too, if none of these quarterbacks work out this year, that means the Bills will have a bad year. They'll have a top-ten pick. They could package with uh, Kansas City's, which will probably be, you know, 20th pick. Package that together, move up to the first two picks, get your franchise quarterback. You're good to go. Well, that, they could get their franchise quarterback or, yeah, you're right. They could, they could, but who's to say Kansas City say Alex Smith gets hurt and Patrick Mahomes has to play sooner than, rather than later, you know? And, that could be a top 10 pick too. Right. And that could be, that could be an early pick. I'm two not, top 10 picks? I'm not banking on it because Kansas City has such a great roster and they're just, they're just a solid yeah. team and Andy Reid's a great coach. But I mean, this could. But the division's really tough. Right. The division is, AFC West is the hardest of, uh, I think it's the best division yeah. of football. But um, it's, it's hard to say, man. It's really hard to say what Buffalo's going to, uh, how that whole thing's going to shake out. But, that being said, I mean, I, I think that Sam Darnold is the best quarterback to come out since Andrew Luck. So, yeah, if they can somehow get him, I mean, that that would be huge. That would be absolutely massive for Buffalo. Um, the fact that you just had the pieces now to take a shot. Because remember a couple of years ago when they when they reached for Sammy Watkins and they didn't have a first-round pick. They had no flexibility. No, none at all. And... Um, and uh, now that they do, I mean, that's that's actually really exciting for Buffalo. So they have a plan. San Francisco, I think, has a really good plan. Um, all right, real quick, let's just go over Dallas's draft. I mean, what did you like about Dallas's draft or didn't like about Dallas's draft? I love Dallas's draft because, yeah, there wasn't a ton of sizzle to it, but they drafted for needs. They got a DN, Taco Charlton out of Michigan, who would be good. They drafted a couple of corners. They got a safety in the later rounds. They, they just drafted for needs. If the guys don't fit... Okay, they don't fit. It doesn't work. But at least they went after what they needed. You know, they didn't just, like, they didn't trade up and do something crazy or, like, oh, hey, this superstar player is available even though we're already stocked at that position. You know, defense was our clear weakness last year, especially pass rush. They went DN. They went corner. They went safety. I loved it. It's not flashy, but sometimes you don't need flashy. The New England Patriots have never done flashy. Green Bay never does flashy. Seattle never does flashy. And, you know, they're contenders every year. I'm fine with just, you know, making good, solid choices. Right. And, uh, yeah, I agree with you. That's, uh, you know, you, I mean, trying to hit home runs in the draft is, is absurd. You should be trying to hit doubles. And if you yeah. get a hold of one and it becomes a uh, becomes a home run, then, then that's great news. So um, Yeah, the draft isn't about home runs. It's not about a three-run dinger. It's about on-base percentage. How many guys can you get on base? How many can you have the potential to drive in down the road? Exactly. All right, so just to go over the Giants draft real quick, um, 
I like the fact that they are now looking at quarterbacks to uh, to replace Eli once he's done. Um, Smart. They took Davis Webb from Cal, who actually lost his job, ironically, at Texas Tech to uh, Pat Mahomes. Um, and they seem to like him. He's 6'5", he's 229. He's a little bit more athletic than Eli, which is at a very hard, tall hurdle to leap. But, um, but yeah, they like him a lot. <laughs> they took in the first round Evan Ingram, which is a weird pick because he's not a traditional tight end. He actually compares most to Mike Evans, of all things, and um, yeah. put him in that offense, which is they really needed a blocking tight end to help out Eric Flowers because Eric Flowers has been an absolute atrocious left tackle since he's gotten drafted by the Giants in the first round a couple of years ago. Absolutely atrocious. Atrocious. I can't talk right now. Atrocious, Bill. All right. And um, and, and so they needed a Atrocity. Yeah, that's blasphemous. Well, that wasn't like Stephen A. Smith at all. <laughs> um, it like squeaked a little. All right. So, anyway, Evan Ingram. More of a receiver than a tight end. Not really a blocker at all, but actually another weapon for the Giants offense, um, which which is fine. I would have preferred O.J. Howard, but Evan Ingram is going to, I think he's going to be, he's going to fit really well in the Giants offense um, that already has Brandon Marshall, Sterling Shepard, and obviously Odell Beckham. They really, really like Paul Perkins to, to, to the point where they actually didn't even attempt a, a shot at a running back. So, um, you know, no complaints there. I, I like I like uh, Perkins. I think he did a good job last year. I mean, they still have Shane Vereen for passing downs, etc. So, um, they, they, you know, they address some other needs, but not quite on the offensive line as much as one would like. Um, I don't know. I, I, overall, I thought they had a pretty good draft, um, and I think they're a pretty solid team. I, I I do worry about their schedule, their their travel. They are playing four teams this year that come off of a bye. That sucks. So they're probably going to drop off from the wins last year. They're probably going to lose a lot of the close games they that they did win last year. So uh, you know we'll see. Um, that right, it's going to come down to Cowboys Giants that division. That's going to be neck and neck, man. Right, I think so. I think so too. I'm so pumped for Week One. Can we stop your passing game? And can you guys contain our run? Yeah, it's tough because who can who can better beat the other team's strength? Right, and the Giants lost Jonathan Hankins, which actually you know really hurts because. Um, because of Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, we really didn't want to lose Hankins. The Giants should have upped their offer. And they had $25 million over three years on the table. The The Colts came in, who I think what the Colts are doing... Uh, I, I love everything that they're doing. They're def- they they hired yeah. they finally fired Ryan Grigson. They brought in a uh, a young GM um, from uh, I think he was um, in Kansas City, and uh, he's just been he's been uh, talk about a guy that's hitting doubles left and right. Man, Jonathan Hankins. Yep. They drafted Malik Hooker. Um, they're they're revamping that defense. They know their offense doesn't really need to be touched, you know, other than protecting Andrew Luck a little more. But uh, yeah. they're, they're they're putting and they're a draft too. Not a lot of people are talking about, but the, much like the Cowboys, they addressed their weaknesses. Exactly, they, did, they yeah. drafted all defense. What they had to do. Yep, exactly. It's smart. Yeah, and their offense is fine. Their offense is. They know their offense is going to be fine as long as they have Andrew Luck upright. And um, yep. and uh, I think what they're doing is great, man. But the Giants losing Hankins sucks against uh, Elliott. Um, they drafted a defensive tackle. Uh, the Giants did, and I think he'll help. But um, his name is escaping right now. I apologize. But they still have Harrison. They still have – they re-signed Jason Pierre-Paul. Olivier Vernon's getting a lot of money. The Giants' defense, other than Hankins, is still pretty much intact. The one that was so dominant towards the end of last year. So uh, they, they retained their entire oh, coaching uh, staff. Um, so I love it. So You're 
your G-man got Delvin Tomlinson, D-tackle out of Alabama. 6'3", 310. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Woo, yeah. there's, there's a big boy. Yep. And they also got Avery Moss, the DN, out of Youngstown State. Yeah, um, which is nice. I mean, some rotation players. Aquara from Notre Dame a couple years ago step, uh, filled in last year for JPP pretty pretty well, actually, because they didn't really miss a step when JPP went out last year. So, overall, man, I agree yeah. with you. I think it's going to be Dallas and New York going to be fighting for the NFC East, and it wouldn't be surprised me if the team that comes out of the NFC East – or wins the division is playing in the Super Bowl next year. It would shock me if Dallas or the Giants made it. You um, know what hurt the Giants last year was Randall F. and Cobb, a uh, certain player that uh, Bill said was uh, over the hill. He hasn't done anything in three years. Um, <laughs> if you want to know what we're talking about, episode number 25, Giants Pride. It'll explain all of that. Yeah, exactly. Um, Some uh, not-so-generous quotes that I pulled from uh, Bill Kegel there. Yeah, very, very true. So, um, all right, buddy. Anything else before we go? Uh, hmm. Oh, I wanted to tell you a little story about uh, what happened to me at work a couple weeks ago. So, uh, I walked in in the morning, and the lights are all completely out. It's just pitch black. My boss is there, my supervisor, a couple other drivers. And they're all just standing around sitting there, and nobody's really doing anything. And I was like, huh, that's cool. Well. You know, if you guys are going to fire me, I guess is the most creative way to do it. And they're like, ah, no, Tony, the uh, the power's out to the whole building. I'm like, really? Well, that's weird. They're like, yeah, apparently some guy was uh, in the back of the building by the transformer, and he was cutting the copper ground wire to a giant transformer and managed to electrocute himself. Apparently this, I, I went back and I took pictures of it. I'll put it up on Twitter. Uh, you know, find me, TonyQs44, under the hoodies on Twitter. But uh, this this mental midget apparently worked at one of the buildings next to us, uh, was hard up on cash, probably for his drug habit, and decided to take an all-metal ladder, no rubber, no protection whatsoever, and put it up right against one of those giant transformers. And I'm not talking about, like, I'm talking about, like, one of those caged-in buildings where it's got, like, a whole, like, little sub-power station in there. So this this mental midget... Apparently climbed up the ladder at some point after cutting out a garbage bag full of just copper ground wire. And uh, I guess it shot him about 30 feet in the air. The uh, the EMTs and the cops got there and they found him you know, just writhing in pain on the ground, a bloody heap, and his clothes melted to his body. So, you know, the guy got taken to the hospital and uh, he had second and third degree burns and then actually... Let me find it here quick. My boss gave me an update on the uh, the gentleman. Oh, okay. Second, th- third, second and third degree burns and a broken neck on top of it. Oh, God. A broken like, neck? I, <laughs> yeah. I have no sympathy for this guy because you're you're a flipping idiot and you made it for a rough day at work for us. But, like, dude, like, you could... Your daughter is almost at the age where she learns that metal is a conduit for electricity. How does this guy not know that? The fact that you use a metal ladder with no rubber, no protection, and think it's okay to set this up against, you know, like a giant just electrical substation. You know, like the metal ladder touching the metal prong. Right. It's just, it blows my mind, the sheer stupidity of that. And I was standing there talking to the cops later on when they came by that afternoon to check out the, you know, the crime scene. And I was like, you know, how stupid do you have to be to try this? And the cop just kind of laughed. He's like, man, you, you got to be really dumb and really hard up for cash. 
So that was my fun little adventure I had a couple weeks ago at work. It's never boring, man. Never. Never, never, never boring. That's funny. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, and uh, oh, go ahead. That was going to say, do you have a what to watch for, too? Because I've got a couple. Oh, I do. Ephesus Family's coming back uh, the day after uh, yes. Memorial Day, week from tomorrow. So I will be watching that. Bill Burr's great cartoon. If you haven't watched it, watch season one. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, I actually have a what to listen to. Um uh, every NBA player, basically anybody that's listened to it, uh, Kendrick Lamar's new album is, uh, as uh, the great Dylon would say, is hot fire. So uh, listen to that. Um, there you go. Fantastic. I, I love that guy. Um, not a huge music guy. Love me some Kendrick Lamar. Um, and uh, that's the whitest thing I'll ever say. Yeah. I've got a couple for you, both on Netflix. Um I'm a little late to the game, but I have been heavily binging Shameless. I'm now in the middle of season two. Freaking amazing show. That show should get every every damn award in the book. William H. Macy as just the deadbeat alcoholic father is just he plays that role so well. It's amazing the job he's doing. And then uh, the other one pertains to uh, my personal life right now. Uh, as Bill knows, and some of my friends, I'm currently on a juice fast or juice diet which is where I have no solid food. I am now on day 14. I've had no solid food in two weeks, drink nothing but liquids, and I'm currently down 15 pounds. And I got the idea of this from uh, the documentary Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead and how it just talked about how the body can heal itself by just getting all that processed crap out of your system and just taking in, you know, the nutrients and the vitamins from fruits and vegetables and just, I don't know, it, it, it was really inspiring to me and just... It changed my life in a lot of ways, this documentary. I mean, at this time last year, I was coming off my third juice diet, and uh, this is now my fifth one. But a year ago, a year and a month ago, I was weighing 257 pounds, and now I'm down to about, I think I weighed in at 217 this morning, 218. So it's, you know, you you will put on about half of the weight back once you start eating again, but it's amazing just how much how much crap you can cut out of your system and how much better you feel and more energetic by doing it. So if anybody wants to DM me on Twitter or hit me up, wants any advice, you know, watch the documentary. I'll, you know, I'll tell you how to do it. You know, where's the best place to go to get the shakes or to make them on your own. But it, it's a great way to just, you know, get healthy and kind of hit the reset button on your diet. Nice. All right. Good to know. Um, I had a brain fart. All right. <laughs> follow us on Twitter. Ah. All right. Follow us on Twitter at under the hoodies at Tony Q's 44 at Bill K Eagle. Um, I no yes. longer have a Facebook page, but follow the show under the hoodies podcast on Facebook. Um, and uh, be sure to tune in sporadically. I mean, just subscribe to back sports page. We're going to have our own iTunes feed here shortly. That is actually in the works or not in the works that's actually done but we're just not using it yet for uh reasons that uh we will discuss later and um also uh be sure to um oh if you want to uh give i mean it's up to you if you want to give it out your snapchat bill uh bill's really good at putting out adorable videos of his daughter yes. using you know the numerous filters that snapchat has it's fun and if you want to fo- yeah and if you want to follow me at tony q's 44 i uh i just post ridiculous stuff and usually a lot of videos of my dogs 
I'm just Bill Kegel on there, or B Kegel on there. So, yeah, just follow me on that. That's fun. And, um, yeah, my daughter, is uh, she loves having her uh, face filtered on uh, Snapchat. So um, <laughs> She's very photogenic about it. It's very entertaining. Yeah, she has big blue eyes. It makes for a good Sunday afternoon. Yeah, she has big blue eyes, so she's, uh, she's a fan of staring at herself. She's a good-looking kid. Must be the mom. But, uh, but yeah, so what mom. I was going to say is also make sure you go to Backsports Pages, um, iTunes, and uh, rate and review us uh, so, you know, we get some, uh, yes. get some, know how many eyeballs we have and, um, you know, just help us get some sponsors. Tony and I are looking for a, uh, a, a second income. So, uh, so if you could go ahead and do that, that would be great. And, um, boy, my impressions are shot. <laughs> if you could just come in on Saturday, that'd be great. I still have Mark Wahlberg. That's literally the only impression I do that's even passable. So, uh, oh, my God. Go on. I can't do it. My throat's shot. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you. Um, all right. This is Under the Hoodies. That's Tony DeNicola. I am Bill Kegel. And make sure to listen every week starting in the NFL season where we become an exclusive NFL show. But until then, we're just going to banter about whatever and uh, just get our yes. voices ready for the NFL season. So, that's Tony. I'm Bill, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Have a good one. Excuse me, Mr. Officer. Number.